Hello, everybody, and welcome to Humming Fools, a podcast and amateur auditory guide hosted by nobodies and dedicated to the artists, dreamers, or anyone out there with the creative urge. I am one of your nobodies, Kyle Stuke, and as always, I am joined by my co-host, Noah Bosley. Noah, mm. how are you? Good. Very nice. Continuing <laughs> on. No. <laughs> Uh, we just talked for a while, so I know how you yeah. are, uh, yes. which was good because I have uh, not had enough Noah in my life this week. Um, <laughs> and so I'm glad that we were able to catch up a little bit. It is funny. It shows just like, man, when you when you when you love someone, when you think they're great, it's just like you need a lot of them. Yeah, you know, it's only been a week. There's people I haven't seen for years, and it's like, eh. But you, after just a week, I was like, I dreamed a dream of Noah gone by. You know? I, I hope to meet a person like that someday. Oh. Um, um, we're going to need to cancel the what? show, everyone. Something something came up. Uh, oh, okay. I made a heart surgery because mine's broken. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> we'll edit that out. That was that No, was we sad. won't. <laughs> um... But yes, everyone, welcome back to a uh, Humming Fools discussion. We've had a lot of um, interviews and just kind of like specials or kind of like, you know, life things, coronavirus. It's it's kind of taken up a majority of just, you know, what we wanted to talk about and stuff. But we're back with a normal discussion episode. Super excited, as maybe you saw from the title. This is The Art of Letting Go. We've had a couple of those where it's the art of fill in the blank and so... This is something that's kind of been on my mind for a little bit. And so I'm excited for us to to, to dive in. Um, but before we do, just want to ask you as the audience, what are you holding on to that you need to let go of? Is it a relationship? <laughs> a job? How you view your body? Your status? Yeah. The past? The future? We all got stuff. So don't, don't take my kind of humorous tone as saying that none of that stuff is... Valid because it is. Everyone holds on to things. So as we transition to the sexy intro music by Josh Flynn, thank you, Josh. Miss you. Hope you're doing well. Um, just ponder, you know, what kind of stuff, what's holding you back? And then I think that will kind of help inform what we're going to be talking about here in a second. But Noah, it's time for music. Say something to, to transition us to it. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> We're back. We had we had that lovely music, Noah's lovely intro stuff, and uh, I really hyped it up. Yes, you did. You are a, a wonderful hype man, um, <laughs> Noah. Let's just start off with you telling us, like, uh, you just giving us some context. What do you think about this this topic? Is there stuff that you know when I brought this up, you immediately thought of? Why do you think that this is you know a relevant discussion to to have? Give me everything. For me, the first thing that came to mind was uh, kind of the larger scale stuff, like 
you know, having a lot of things on the stove, you know, a lot of projects going on and deciding at one point, okay, I, I, I'm going to choose not to pursue this one because it's, you know, I'm, it's hurting my other stuff and I need to prioritize. Um, that was the first thing that came to mind. And then obviously there are different ways to, to, uh, approach the topic. Like it could be small things that, you know, keep you from doing work properly. Um, or it could be, you know, larger life things that have nothing to do with your work, but still get in the way. And so, but for me, it was, it was more in the context of, uh, kind of overloading yourself, trying to do too much at once and then having to decide, okay, I'm going to leave, leave this alone, circle back around to it or abandon it altogether, which is, that's the tough one. Um, and sometimes that's what you have to do. And, uh, that's really hard to reconcile with the idea of, you know, putting in hard work and not giving up. So, um, those were kind of my thoughts. Yeah. Very nice. Well, I feel like you kind of got to where, you know, the the conversation was relevant to us much quicker than I did. Cause I think like I was feeling this stuff about life yeah, and then I realized how it kind of pertained to, you know, our art and our, and our work, specifically the stuff that I was doing and where that, where, how it was such a big, you know, hiccup and hold up for me where I was like, oh, like, this isn't just stuff in my life. This is like <laughs> ruining or getting in the way of stuff that I'm trying to do creatively. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's not a lot of things, I was thinking about this, there's not a lot of things in life that are, um, you know, certain, but one of them is the fact that our time is limited, unfortunately. It's like, yeah. you know, we're not um, going to be here forever, you know? And even with the the average lifespans, you know, that's not going to be the, the case for all of us, not to get too dark, but it's like, you know, um, again, like it, it, it's, it's limited our, our time here. And so um, that ultimately is what makes it rewarding and, and, mm. and beautiful because as you and I have discussed, it's like, if we could live forever, then things would, would lose meaning <laughs> yeah, um, and importance. It's like, well, I mean, I'll do that, you know, later. But I think that ultimately that's kind of sometimes a trap that we fall into is that it's like, eh, like I'll do that another time or whatever. And you may, it may seem like I'm kind of straying away from what we're talking about, but I say all of that because we spend so much of our time, which is limited, worrying and thinking about things and, you know, uh, pondering and talking about stuff that ultimately is harmful to us and isn't actually important. And we can't fully get rid of that because we're humans. And again, I think that's what makes us specials that we're never quite in the zone. We, uh. <laughs> you know, it's like we're kind of moving in and out of balance and that's yeah. part of life. And so anyway, you know, uh, your needs, who you are as your person, your circumstances, they're going to change. And so it makes sense that, you know, uh, the things that you previously had or currently have may not be useful to you in the future. And so that's that's where letting go comes from, where it's like even something that maybe was good for you in the past uh, may not be relevant to you in the future or just based on where you are. And, and so an example of that, you know, is like, um, you know, if you are in New York City, a car is a lot less helpful to you than what it would be in like the country. 
Yeah. So if you like move to New York City and you bring your like big old, you know, minivan because you got the wife, you got the kids, you got the soccer equipment. And then in New York, it's like, oh, wow, this thing's actually a pain in the butt. It's hard to park. And mm-hmm. then even driving takes forever. It's it's actually easier for you to walk or take the subway or take a taxi. Um, but if you hold on to, well, I need to use the car. I have a car. It's, you know, it's not necessarily something that uh, is actually beneficial to you. And so just wanted to use that imagery to where. Good analogy, Kyle. Thank you. Um <laughs> Your life, you know, maybe once you move, though, again, that car now comes back to being useful. And so mm-hmm. I think I view letting go as like, oh, I need to, like, destroy this thing forever. And it's like sometimes there's things like that. If something's toxic, it's not like, oh, it won't be toxic later. <laughs> it's yeah. probably just going to be, you know, a volatile thing always. But there's also, you know, taking things into consideration in the present, being like, is this something that I need to deal with now? Um, Or can I tuck it away? I think letting go doesn't mean that you like fully forget or destroy. It can also be uh, putting things away. So I just wanted to frame the discussion where, you know, A, there's no perfect answer that ties into, if you're new here, what humming fools is. We are not philosophers. We are not experts. These are just things that we're thinking about. And so nothing that we're saying here is necessarily fully true or to be taken as an umbrella statement. But I I wanted to kind of establish the idea of letting go as flexible like water. You know, we're all Mm -hmm. different, you know, continue with analogies. We're all different shaped glasses. And so you can take this idea of letting go, but when you pour it in, when it gets poured into you, it's going to maybe look different than what it looks like for me because I'm a big glass and I kind of yeah. have the little love handles, you know, little <laughs> curves. Uh, and so the, the the letting go is going to spill you're out a, into those areas. Yes. Oh, am I a chalice? Yes, I am. Um, it's a salad bowl. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> That's what that girl meant on Bumble. Okay. Anyway. Um <laughs> And so, yeah, I just, you know, whenever you, like, whenever I listen to stuff, it's kind of tempting for me, just like with politics, to be like, ooh, that person said that. I now think that. It's like, no, like, again, take what's useful here. But mm-hmm. if anything's dumb or if there's anything that doesn't actually, like, apply to your life, toy with it because um, the ultimate goal is for you to, to be helped. And so to bring it back, after thinking through a lot of this stuff, asking myself the question, what do I need to let go of? I was like, well, how does this apply to art? How does this apply to what I'm doing? Because a lot of my personal stuff that I get hung up on is in relation to my work because I have desires, I have dreams, uh, I want to be consistent, I want to be successful, but then a lot of that stuff ends up holding me down. So I've talked for a little bit. It's been great. I have a nice voice. Everyone likes listening. (laughs) I'm very smart. Um, That's why we're here. Uh, But Noah... Um, bringing it back to the art stuff, can you, well, first off, is there anything you want to say in response to what I just said? And if not, then can you walk us through maybe something in relation to, and it can be personal or artistic that you went through the process of letting go and how that looked like? I think for me, um, it kind of showed up in the way that, uh, I had a lot of ideas at one point of things that I wanted to do. And this is all artistic. This is not like life aspirations or anything like that. Okay. But uh, <clears throat> um, I think I had to come to to the realization that 
there's certain things that uh, you're not good enough to do yet mm. as much as you're passionate about them, if that makes sense. So, yep. for example, um, we'll, we'll take writing. I'm not like I've never been really a writer for most of my life. Um, in fact, I <laughs> the other day I, I saw like old college papers that I wrote. Mm. And I was I was having a hard time. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I deleted those pretty quickly. No. Um, but uh, and so it's like I'm I'm glad I didn't start writing my story then because there would have been a lot to redo. And so it just ended up making sense. I was like, oh, like you know, yeah, things take a long time and maybe they don't happen right away. But in this case, it was definitely for the better because I'd had this idea for a long time Mm -hmm. um, ever since I was like 14 or some version of it. And, uh, but I just never got around to to doing it properly. And I don't know that I have, but I, I know that right now I feel a lot better about what I am writing than I would have back then, Mm. even though I was still just as passionate about the idea. Um, or at least the concept of it. And uh, I think it's pretty easy to to see the idea of letting go of something as synonymous with failure or giving up. But like you said, I, I don't think that that most of the time is true because, you know, you can always circle back around to it. Um, the hard part is there are things where you just have to be like, yeah, this is just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um and which at which point that's the good thing about art is you can sort of then compartmentalize that or at least diversify it in the sense that you can apply a lot of these ideas that you have to other things, whether you're a storyteller or you you know do artwork or you know whatever it is um you a lot of it is recyclable, which obviously you know a lot of ideas are already recycled in some way mm-hmm. and just rearranged in a way that's unique to you, hopefully. Um, so, yeah, that was sort of my experience with that uh, in terms of... And, and it wasn't conscious either, I don't think. I don't think I did, I knew back then. I was like, oh, I'm not ready to write this yet. Um, but I think it did put into context for me going forward. I'm like, oh, it's okay if things don't happen right away because... I'm I'm always going to learn. I'm always going to get better as long as I work on it. Um and uh or uh, yeah, you know, as long as I educate myself on the on the topic and and the the craft and everything. And so uh those kind of a positive hindsight moment for me um that hopefully is is going to be useful later on. Hopefully, but probably not. Yeah, probably not. Um, yeah. <laughs> How do you, so, you know, I, I love everything that you're saying. How do you, I'm curious, because, you know, and, and maybe there's not an answer because you just said that it wasn't necessarily like something that you were conscious of in the moment. But yeah. how do you, or how did you, um, you know, not, how did you let go without like fully, um getting rid of the desire. And so to make that specific, it's like, what made you start writing? Because it's like, 
you know, the, like I don't want th- there is like that that threat of people being like, oh, I'm not ready. And we've talked about this, you know, in, in a similar way in the past, where it's like, mm. oh, I'm not good enough to do that, so I'm just gonna like wait till I'm like good enough to do it, and then you kind of get frozen because it's like, well, you're not putting in the effort, you're not trying, it's like you're not actually yeah. moving forward. So, yeah, how did you get to this space where you're like, oh, like I've had this idea for a really long time, and then. Now it's like I am actually going to do it without this necessarily being like a like your 14-year-old self being like, okay, I'm gonna wait till I'm 20, whatever, and I'm gonna start writing yeah. this because by that point I'll have the skills and whatever. So yeah. Um, I mean, I think that's the point at which you sort of have to uh take inspiration from other people. Um, for example, with writing, if I decided at that point, oh, I'm going to wait till I'm good enough and then never read another book. Mm. Um, I would be just as bad as I was back then, but I had to learn from people who are better than me. I think that's a way to move forward. Um, another way to do it is to, and we, this is kind of what we've been doing, um, to sort of keep that momentum and not just, you know, freeze in place like you were talking about. Uh, I think it's a good idea to do other things. And maybe mm. take smaller bites. Um, and I've actually been thinking about this recently f- for my story. As much as I am inspired, and I, you know, have the ability to to keep going with it, um, I've also sort of started thinking uh, in a sideways manner about like, oh, what if I did short stories that are completely unrelated to just keep you know, learning, keep doing something different, keep diversifying. um, So it's not like I don't get repetitive and I don't get locked into an idea that might not be as good as something else that's out there. Um, So even if it's completely unrelated to what you're working on, you can always, you know, get that inspiration or kind of unlock something that you didn't know was, was there to be unlocked. Great answer. 10 out of 10. Very true. (laughs) I think that's, yeah. I think it's so important for everyone to like always be uh learning and like in in pouring stuff into themselves to where like you said it's like if you want to do something if you're not like engaging with that thing in any way it's kind of like well how the heck like are you going to improve and so again it's not like oh you need to like if you want to write screenplays you got to start writing screenplays right now it's like well yeah hey why don't you read a screenplay why don't you watch movies? Why don't you, you know, do these things? Mm-hmm. Or even if it's not fully related to, to you know, film, like, why don't you go to a museum? Again, it's just like, I'm always surprised by, like, the things that inspire me. So, again, yeah, like, if someone wants, if someone's just getting into painting, it's like, okay, well, like, what are your favorite paintings? Or, like, what's, yeah. what styles do you like? Do you look at Van Gogh and go yummy? Or do you go ew? And it's like, that's mm. already kind of starting you on your journey. Because mm-hmm. you're going, I don't want to do that. But that's then something that, you know, you now know about yeah. your process. So Yeah. Well, and I think it's important to remember for things like that, you know, for Van Gogh or whatever, like thing that you admire for every five things that are like historically important and amazing and all that stuff and masterpieces, you know, there's all the thousands of sketches that that person did that aren't, yeah, that they would never release. Like, I feel like in the art world, there's no such thing as quality over quantity in terms of practice. Mm-hmm. Um, there is in terms of what you put out to the world and what you show people, but in like the end goal, but um, 
I think it, you know, if you take smaller bites more regularly, it's going to be a lot more beneficial in the long run than um, just doing one big thing every once in a while. Yeah. Um, and so, like, for like, it's more important for a, an artist to keep a, a daily sketchbook than it is for them to, you know, oh, well, in 10 years, I'm going to do a really, really good painting and yeah. I can't do it. I can't do it right now, but oh man, when I, in 10 years, it's going to be great. <laughs> um, and obviously there's stuff that like takes that long to make mm-hmm. from beginning to end. But um, I think it, it is important in the meantime to, you know, keep working on other stuff, especially, and this is something that we've, we were actually just talking about and that we've experienced is the longer something takes to make the further away you're going to get from your skill set when you started it. Yeah. Um, and so if you, you know, work early on trying to get better and do more things, you're going to get to that skill set more quickly. And then your work is going to be a lot more consistent. Um, and I, I've noticed like, especially with like comic pages and stuff like that, if I do like, if I'm able to work on a page a little bit at a time every once in a while, and then, you know, six months later, I have five pages, which is not very much. My last page is going to look very different from the first page. And then already by that point, I'm like, oh, well, I wish I could redo that. Yeah. Because I, I just like, that was the only amount of time that I you know, of work that I put into it. Um, and I, I just didn't like make myself practice my skills the rest of the time. I used that as my practice and that was the only stuff I did. So um, that's kind of a, a danger of like just sticking to the thing that you think is going to be great. And, but you don't have time to do this or it's, you know, you don't have the resources to do this fully, but you're still going to chip at it a little bit at a time. I think there's a lot of value in that, but I think there's a, a big danger too in terms of uh, how the quality is going to be affected. Yeah. What you uh, said about the the sculpture thing made me laugh because it's like, you kind of have that stereotype of the writer who's like, oh, I'm going to get you guys the next great American novel. Uh-huh. And they've been working on it for a really long time, but you don't really see that with other mediums like as a stereotype. And that would be really funny where it's like you yeah. have that painter who's like, just you wait. Yeah. Seven years I've been working on this this bad boy. And you're just like, all right, man. Or like, <laughs> I've been I've been writing this symphony, guys. It's going to blow your mind for 15 <laughs> years. It's just like, I need, we need more of those stereotypes uh, yes. to, to be seen in, in film. That would be pretty funny. Uh, yeah. What would that look like? Someone's like making a sculpture and it's like ginormous. Yeah. Yeah. But what's, what's funny though is that with novels like that, um, you know, some something a lot of people don't realize, or maybe they do, but is not really talked about, is like the first book wasn't written when that person was a full-time writer. <laughs> like yeah. there were either a lot of books before that that just never, you know, made the cut or um, that book was written while that person was waiting tables or teaching at university or whatever they were doing. Mm-hmm. Like um then after that, because that book was successful, then they were able to, you know, put in the time and be like, all right, I'm going to like work on this next one for three to five years. And then hopefully people are still interested in what I have to say. And again, um, that is a risk that they're taking. And that's not to say that the quality of it is going to be better the, long, the m- more time they spend on it. So, yeah. 
No, it's true. Um, and all of this, uh, you know, I'm going to kind of use as a uh, transition to kind of how it manifested for me is it's like, again, I think we all have this idea of like how things should be and A, how they should be and then B, just their actual quality. So it's like, yeah. if I'm going to write a book, it's ne- it, my first book's going to look like this, whether like how it is or the process to where like you're saying, it's like, well, if I write a first book, then that means that I'm a full-time writer at that point. Yeah. And, and then if it doesn't look like that, you're disappointed <clears throat> or, um, you know, if it gets kind of like a C review from people generally, like people are still like, this is pretty good, but it's not like, uh, then that's uh-huh. disappointing. Or if you're seeing things in it that you're like, I just can't quite get this part to be good. So I'm never going to like send it or show it to anyone. So transitioning that to, to my stuff is that I think like, um, I, you know, was looking at, our comic that we were working on evil cast. And there was like things that were like bugging me and you know, uh, we would be like, okay, well we need to edit this thing. We need to make this thing consistent and you know, certain stuff. And it just, I was getting really like bogged down. Cause I was like, Oh, like everyone's going to see these little inconsistencies and like, you know, yeah. and I just was kind of having a hard time. And, and then two, moving forward to something else that we're working on now, another comic that we haven't really talked about and probably won't talk about for a little bit more, but we were working on that and it was just like trying to figure out the geography because it was you, me, and our new artist mm-hmm. or our different artist who's working on this, this comic. And I just was like, I mean, I, we were in person together and I was like, oh my gosh, like this is so hard and like <laughs> I want it to be good. And but I want this person to like know know what they're doing, but I also want them to be creative. And it just was like this whole thing that I was like just very anxious about. And mm. it all worked out. Yeah. <laughs> it's continuing to work out. And it just was funny because I realized that again, to bring it back to letting go, the the need the healthy need uh, of letting go comes from our desire for control yes. and the world's crazy and, you know, control is necessary because if we didn't, as humans didn't exert some sort of control on the world, then it would be chaos. And so I'm not yeah. saying control is a bad thing, but at the same time, it can become a sort of God where it's just like, this is what I serve is like trying to bend the, the universe to my will. Mm. And I think, you know, the more things that you control, the more you think, oh, this is the correct way to go about living my life constantly. The more control I have, the better. And I actually think that that's not necessarily true because life is so unpredictable, both in terms of uh, just, you know, uh, society, you know, nature, you know, obviously nature, there's patterns and stuff, but I just mean like you can't predict whether or not a lion's going to freaking jump out of the <laughs> the grass and eat your face. I mean, maybe yeah. if you have a bunch of meat on yourself like Lady Gaga, maybe then you could be like, this might result in a lion jumping out of the grass and eating me. But mm-hmm. all to say, the world's kind of crazy. You hear freak accidents, all this different stuff. And so if you live your life in a way where you don't like surprises and you don't like, um, you know, if you're very rigid, um, it can just make you kind of miserable. And, you know, it's kind of, it's a, uh, 
it's a realistic fact, and it, this movie isn't really great, but there's a movie called Due Date with uh, Robert Downey Jr. Zach Galifianakis. Zach Galifianakis. Yeah. And there's a scene where it's basically, uh, uh, what is it? Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Uh, yeah. It's basically that movie, but more dirty. Um, and so Robert Downey Jr. is really annoyed with Zach Galifianakis, and they're driving, and then they get into this crazy accident um, that ends up really injuring Robert Downey Jr. But because Zach Galifianakis was asleep, he's fine because Robert Downey Jr. tensed up. And so yeah. humans, you know, our bodies, we actually get into more pain. There's more damage when your body's rigid, where in real life, people who have been asleep or whatever, you know, because the body's more flexible, it, re- it results in less damage. And so, you know, life's... I think being an artist is kind of the same way where if you approach a project or you see a medium that you like that you want to be into and then you jump into it with the, um, you know, the idea or the hope of, I know exactly how this is going to go and this is how it has to be. I think you're just going to be in store for a lot of pain because Mm. especially when you're collaborating with people, it's not going to look 100% like you want it to. And so for me as a writer... I think it's really good um, to plan and to, you know, outline and to, you know, have a vision because, you know, you you can see sometimes when people, you know, don't do that. It's kind of like, well, this this never really had a direction and things are inconsistent. So it's not bad to like be a detailed person. But I realized, to bring this back to what we're talking about, I realized when I was like, well, the geography of this location needs to look like this. And I'm worried that the artist isn't going to get it. And then Noah's involved. I'm trying to like facilitate that. I just realized, I was like, this is, this is kind of ridiculous. How much (laughs) I'm like, how much time? Cause again, it goes back to time. I was like, wow, I'm hunched over my computer, stressing out over this thing that should be fun. Um, And yeah, cool and creative and like why would i think that when i bring in two other unique talented people that they're just gonna like 100 percent sync up with it with, with my brain and then also that that will be good mm. <laughs> because a lot of times you know my brain has ideas and just because we've talked about this just because you have an idea doesn't mean it's good and so all it to say, it's kind of like I was worried about all this stuff, trying to make it happen. And ultimately, again, collaboration's good. It's not like wrong to say, hey, actually, it should be this way. Again, don't take umbrella statements from what we're talking about. But it was just so interesting to get some of the pages back from the artist and be like, oh, does it look like 100% like how I started out with it in my brain? I was like, no. Mm-hmm. But also, is it amazing and beautiful and the best thing I've ever seen in my life? Yes. <laughs> and uh, and do I look at it every day like we were talking about earlier? Maybe. Yeah. Um, and so, I don't know. It's just, there is that level of perfection. So, I think there's two aspects to what I'm talking about where, A, I think I'm personally trying to let go of perfection, which I know is kind of an artist cliche when they say you need to let go of it. But it's just... I, you know, I've had people read Evil Cast and, you know, point things out. I've even seen things after the fact that are wrong and it becomes really frustrating. And then I feel embarrassment and I'm like, uh, and like whatever. But then I also realized that I have a piece of art <laughs> that was made. Mm-hmm. And 
again, it was a medium that you and I had not been involved in before. And so we decided to jump in. And like you were talking about with the pages and with the novel, it's like the quality changes over the course of the work. And so um, anyway, I'm trying to like be better about things not being like amazing. Like sometimes when I write lines, I'm like, ugh, this isn't a like an Oscar line. And then uh-huh. it's like, well, that's okay. Like it, it needs to do its job or you can come back to it later. But I think I get hung up on that stuff. And so then B2, letting go of things not looking exactly like how I want them to. Because again, I think that that's not possible. And if you condition yourself to respond well to exerting control to everything, I think things are going to feel bad for you that aren't necessarily bad. You're interpreting them as bad, but it's not actually your reality. So again, yeah. my brain's saying we have a little less control here than what we like, or it looks a little bit different than what we thought. Thus, we will feel anxiety in these things. And I think part of letting go is going, hey, you're working with two other people. They can't see your brain and you can't draw. So sometimes your ideas for like, here's how it should be, doesn't actually work on a blank page. <laughs> yeah. It's impossible. <laughs> Um, and so that's just my personal, I think that's what sparked a like, Hey, I think I could like choose to not care about this. Cause there's times I was a very picky eater when I was younger. And as I got older too, I was, or sorry, I, I also didn't like things touching on my plate. <laughs> <laughs> and as I got older, I suddenly just was kind of like, you can't change who you are necessarily. There's things that are just how you are and that's not bad to have preferences. But also there have been times where I was like, oh, I didn't like the salad touching the meat, but now I think that I could be okay if I just let that happen and I say it's not bad. Because yeah. too, with Corona, it made me so aware of like germs and stuff to where mm-hmm. I would come home and like have anxiety knowing, okay, I need to wipe my phone, then it's going to take a while for my phone to dry. I'm going to need to, what's every single thing I touched? Mm, yeah. And I think that I just spent a lot of time worrying about, okay, I need to wipe this, 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 or like, did I shake someone's hand? Did I do this? And again, paying mind to cleanliness and not spreading germs and all that stuff is good. But it's like, does it matter that I touched the car handle? Do I need mm. to go? Because I was like a neat freak. I was washing my hands every second. And again, I had to, I was able to make the decision. I was like, oh, every time that I touch something doesn't mean I have to wash my hands. It's yeah. o- I think it's okay. Because if I think about it, I, you can go hard into where germs are. You're yeah. Like, have I washed that? Mm-hmm. Did I touch that? It's like you could lose your mind thinking mm-hmm. about how gross the world is. Uh, like when you push a door to get into a store. Oh, How many other people have done that? And so it's like, are you going to just then walk around with this hand knowing, okay, if I touch a product, now that product has that thing Mm -hmm. that maybe touched on the door. Now, when I get my credit card, that, you know, you could go down a rabbit hole. So I'm saying all that to say, with my stuff, I just went, okay, I think that I can actually change how my brain thinks about this, just like with... uh, the vegetables touching things, you know, there there are some things that I think that we can let go of as like, I can't, I'm like, I need to be less funny or I need Uh, to not like have my type of humor. That's like part of me. And so that's something, (sighs) if you don't like something about yourself, 
sometimes again, if you're like, oh, I I keep calling women dames, it's like <laughs> you can change that. That is <laughs> that's not part of your personality. I'll I'll try. <laughs> but like, you know, for Noah, it's like if Noah was like, oh, I feel bad that I like Westerns so much. It's like, no, that's just part of that's part of Noah, and he shouldn't try to to change that. But I think there are behaviors and stuff that we can um we can get rid of or at least alter a little bit for the better. I've talked yeah. a lot, Noah. What do you think? Yeah, well, I like everything you said. Um, yeah, it's uh, it seems like it comes down to a couple of things. I think w- the first thing is to have the same patience with yourself that you would have with other people. Yes. Because I think a lot of artists hold themselves to a much higher standard. Uh, not necessarily in the the exact, you know, like level and quality of their work, but in the sense that it needs to be of the same magnitude and yeah. as, as things that they admire, even though, you know, if they knew the story of the person that did the thing they admire, then they'd be like, oh, there's a lot of failure along the way and a yeah. lot of things that don't work out and things they had to abandon. Um, you know, even when we were talking to Colin, you know, I, um, we asked him, oh, like, is there anything that you've been wanting to do and just hasn't worked out yet? He was like, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, even though he's a successful author and, you know, the more success you have, that also translates into you being a lot busier. So that's not necessarily the time that you'll be able to do the thing you want to do, even if that's what you imagine. Um so kind of having that that patience with yourself and and being forgiving and um yeah just understanding hey some things take time you can always work on something else you can always get better you can always learn and the just the effort to learn alone is worth the time that you spend on it um and then secondly it also comes down to a lot of trust like with what you were saying learning and to trust the other people that you're involved with that are also working on this project. Mm -hmm. Cause like, as soon as we saw those pages come through, we were like, wow, like Mm -hmm. this person gets it. We're in safe hands. You probably felt really relieved and you're like, great. I can write this stuff into it, knowing that it'll translate into something beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, So trusting other people. And then obviously circling back around to trusting yourself in the sense that, Hey, this many years ago, this never would have worked. Now I can do this. So whatever's not working out now, mm-hmm. maybe I can let go of it and down the road, it'll happen again. And then I'll be able to do it. Um, and again, this circles back around to just uh, no, like trusting yourself that you're going to get better. And then, you know, trusting in general, like the process of art and the process of creation and that stuff. Um there's a lot of luck involved. I think a lot of people like to say it's all hard work, but honestly, like sometimes you can work hard on something for years and years and years and then something happens and that it's either all gone or you just can't do it anymore, whatever it is. Um, There's a lot of luck and timing involved. And so that's something you just kind of have to let go of and be like, hey, if it didn't happen now, maybe it'll happen later and then it'll be better if it happens then. and just trusting that that things are, will work out. Because, that, yeah, that's kind of the the extra variable is that it's all kind of chaos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just like there's yeah. so much so much timing and who you know 
and all of these things, one day you'll meet a random person and that person will make it easier for you to do the thing you're doing, even if you weren't intentionally going out of your way to, to meet people. Um, and so, yeah, there's just so many little things that add up to a project getting done that it, there's no way to control everything. Absolutely. And again, uh, to the just what you're saying sparked in my mind is that it's like to go back to you know, what I said in the beginning, it's like your circumstances are very valid for what you're able to do. And so it's like, you know, like when, when someone, you know, has a kid, like, you know, like a new baby, it's like, if they are, again, are trying to hold themselves to the same standards of what maybe they were able to put out in terms of socially or with their work or whatever, it's like, it's not, that's not healthy and it's also not a valid criticism for them to have against themselves. Like, mm. oh, I feel bad that like, you know, I'm I'm not seeing my friends as much. Like they're kind of like, where are you? What are you doing? Like, why can't we hang out? And it's like, you know, of course it's important to maintain friendships and and, and that sort of stuff. But it's like if you have a kid, your, your circumstances are, are different. And so yeah. it's like my sister... Um, you know, is a, is a mother now. She's been one for over a year. And it's like her life l- looks vastly different than what it did five years ago. And so mm-hmm. if she's holding herself to the same standards of things that she wants to do and to accomplish now as she was back then, it's like she's, it's like kind of like already have to be climbing a high mountain and then have someone dump a bunch of like, you know, <laughs> like uh, packs or whatever that you have to carry and then say, go yeah. as fast as you were going earlier. And it's like, well, no. And it's like, will the packs always be there? No. Like, again, because <laughs> once again, life will change. But, um, you know, too, with like coronavirus, like people have, you know, not been able to see each other as much. And there's, I think, the temptation to go, oh, well, like, I haven't seen as many people like, does that, does that make me a, a loser? Especially because it's like, because you're easy, it's easier to like, <laughs> Or because we've spent more time alone, it's harder, at least for me it is, it's harder to do social things because it feels more tiring. Yeah. Um, And it's like a good thing. I'm like, oh, I'm excited to like have coffee with this person. But also like I'm so used to just being inside all day that it, it feels kind of exhausting. And so again, like, you know, the world is is going to be shifting and changing. And so it looks different. Um, And so for you as an artist, if you're in school, and you're putting all your pressure to like simultaneously put out a bunch of stuff while you're trying to get a degree. It's like, I think that's something that you can let go of again. Like if it makes, if it's fun doing it outside yeah. of class and stuff, absolutely. But if you're, cause yeah, like you said, Noah, you look at other people and then you want to do exactly what they're doing. But at the same time, at the same yeah. time, but it's like, Oh, that person's a billionaire who yeah. doesn't have to worry right. about money and has mm-hmm. been doing this for years. Mm-hmm. Why would you think that you're going to be capable of doing the exact same thing right now in your circumstances? And so, yeah, um, I think there's, again, like you said, it's easy to say for this stuff for other people, it's hard to do it for ourselves. And so I will try to be better. And and listeners, hopefully you guys can give yourself that grace. Um, and again, just be thinking about that. Where Where are there areas where you could ease up a little bit on yourself where you could let go of some of the pressure because of your unique circumstances. Um, and two, the other thing, Noah, that you said that I wanted to touch on was it's like, I think this ties into failure to where 
if you change your mind about something and you move another direction, it's easy to be like, oh, I wasted time. That was a, that was a failure. Mm. So, you know, this is most evident in people changing their majors at school. Uh, it's yeah. kind of the joke of like, oh no, I'm changing my major again or whatever. But that's, you know, it's not necessarily a bad thing. You don't have to feel bad that you changed your mind. What would be bad is if you know in your heart that you want to do something different or something's not working. Stick with it. And then you stick with it. Because again, like that ties into the whole definition of insanity of just doing the same thing and thinking it's going to come out a different way. And so Mm. um, it's the same thing with your art. Maybe you or like, ooh, I want to get into this medium. And you talk about it to your friends and you're excited and you buy the materials, you watch the courses, then you do it and you hate it. It's like, yeah. you don't need to feel bad about that. Um, that's not a failure. That's you being curious. That's you being interested and excited and knowing yourself. Because, and this is a dumb comparison, but for me, I was like, and this is going to just show how like dumb my mind is. And yes, I'll be nice <laughs> and not say dumb anymore about my mind. But good. I finished a video game recently. And so then I was like, okay, what am I going to play next? And then I had all these games that I've like started and not Mm -hmm. finished. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I feel like I need to do that one because that one hasn't got the most attention and I need to finish it so that I can justify having paid for it. (laughs) Um, But then in my heart, I was like, I don't think I really want to finish it. Um, But then I felt upset because I was like, but I paid $20 for it. I need to beat it so that it makes it worth me having paid for it. Yeah. Um, But again, I think that's stupid. It's like... Yeah, because then you've paid $20 and wasted the time playing the game. (laughs) Yes. And so it's like, hey, Kyle, it it makes sense that you saw the game and you wanted to buy it because you wanted to play it. And then you started and then you lost interest. You know, it's fine for you to move on. Let go of, like, you needing to like that game. Again, I know it's ridiculous, but that's what I was thinking about this weekend when I had some free time. And I was like, I don't know what to play because I have three games that I feel like I need to finish before I play the one I actually want to play. So, yeah. Well, if you think about it this way, part of the $20 you paid to own the game also went towards finding out whether or not you liked it. Yeah. So you paid $20 for, you know, owning the game, but also gaining the knowledge like, oh, this is a game that I like or dislike. And it it afforded you uh, knowing whether or not you wanted to put in the hours to, fit, to complete it. Um, yes. I guess that's what free demos are for, but, you know, you've already paid for it, so might as well justify it. Yeah. And <laughs> again, like maybe later I'll want to play it. True. Maybe my circumstances will change. And the game True. I'm talking about is Resident Evil 2, which is a great <laughs> game. It's just, it stresses me out. I, I, it's so scary. I don't enjoy playing it because it's hard. Zombies chase me. I'm always running out of ammunition. And it's, you know, when I play video games, I kind of want to relax. And it's just, it's really, it's again, it's really scary. And it stresses me out. So, which is a, a weird thing for you to say. Yeah. I don't like this. It's scary. I know. Typically, you know, Kyle Stuke, horror fan. But yeah, when when you when you have the control, it changes it. When I'm yeah. watching a movie, someone That's else, true. I'm like, That's it's true. their it fault they different. died. 
But yep. for me, I'm like, I can't find the keys. It's my fault. I can't see where the dang keys are. I'm going to die. And so. you, the fact that you have to react quickly enough to certain things adds way more to the stress. Like with a movie, you can just let things happen. But when you're, yeah, like you said, when you have control, you're like, okay, I got to do this real quick if this happens and I got to be ready. But also I got to think about all these other things. Yes. I also was upset because I found out that you're supposed to like have a shotgun very early on that you're able to get and I did not. And so it was making everything really hard because I kept running out of pistol ammunition. And so oh. I'm just basically, and I don't have a knife, so there's no melee attack. So I just was like literally running away constantly from everything because <laughs> I didn't have a Dane shotgun. Um, and then I died and it frustrated me because uh, I want to live, Noah. Um, so anyway, again, take that dumb example, but apply it to yourself. Like, what are things that are stupid <laughs> that you're worrying about? And again, if you invested money in paints, you don't have to make the paints be useful if you don't want to paint. Give them mm. to someone else. Yeah. Or put them in the closet. Maybe next summer, you'll want to paint. Who, mm. who knows? But again, like, it's your money. You made a decision. And uh, you don't need to feel bad about that stuff. So again, where else can that be applied? I don't know, but you think about it. You let me know or don't. Let go of needing to let me go. Let me know. Man, too many words. Whoa. <laughs> Slow down. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> um, what else, Noah? Anything else we're missing? Any other avenues you want to take this? Well, it, that kind of reminded me of like, you know, kind of putting something away and then, you know, maybe later it'll come back around. I recently had a friend send me a quote by someone. I forget who said it, but it was something like uh, most of my writing is done when I'm not in front of my computer. Yeah. It's when I'm out like just like driving or meditating or hiking or whatever. And then when I get in front of my computer, that's just to transcribe the storytelling that I came up with doing all those other things. Mm -hmm. So it's, it, I, I thought that was really powerful because I think it, it really is important to step away from your work for a while because that's when yes. a lot of the ideas hit. And that's why, you know, people carry a notebook or they use their, their phone notes and stuff like that just to write down quick things that just kind of pass through your brain that you might not remember later on. Um, and we were kind of talking about this uh, on our hike, actually. Mm -hmm. And I was saying something about that. I come up with a, a kind of story trajectory for my book that came to me randomly while I wasn't working on my book. And I yeah. felt at the time that if I kept plugging away and like, no, I got to write, I got to keep writing. It only matters. You know, you're only really writing when you're putting words on paper and nothing else counts as a distraction and all that stuff, which is kind of a common sentiment in that world. Yeah. Um, a lot of people abide by that, which I believe works for them. Um, but I really came to find out, I was like, man, I never would have thought of this if I just forced myself to move along. And even if I had thought of it later on, that I would have written all this stuff that I needed to change or delete or take out. And that would have felt like a waste of time knowing yeah. now that I would have come up with that idea anyway. Yeah. Um, and so obviously you never know. Um, what's going to happen. But that was very comforting to me. I was like, oh, I'm still writing when I'm away from my computer. Um, because most that's how most of the story came along. Very few of my ideas came to me while I was actually typing. Mm -hmm. um, 
unless it was like just like sentence structure stuff or certain words to use and certain phrases. But other than that, in terms of the story, yeah, it's all it's all been in my head when I had time to think about that. And when I wasn't overloading myself with the pressure of having to put it down on the paper. So yeah. I thought that was pretty interesting. No, it is. It's true. It's like, again, like, I think we said this towards the beginning, but it's like, we have to live, you know, as much as creating is important. And, you know, if you're an artist or a creative or you just have a passing interest, it's like as cool and important as all this stuff is, it's like it pales in comparison to just being alive. Like, yeah, like, like there's so much cool stuff out there, hard stuff too. But yeah, it's like if you, if you never experienced the like joy of like seeing a waterfall or like taking a hike with a friend where one friend then thinks he's going to vomit towards the end of the hike and feels kind of embarrassed that uh, he talked up the hike and was all like, yeah, this hike's super cool. This hike's awesome. I've done it so many times. Also, I'm now needing your water bottle because I'm about to throw up. Um, I feel really bad if that's ever happened to anyone. Yeah, if anyone out there can relate, that's <laughs> that's stupid because I didn't have, have that happen to me. Anyway, um, you know, it's like music, like listening to music that, again, you had no part in making and you just think is beautiful or reading or talking to friends, playing sports, whatever it is you like to do. It's like all that stuff inspires us and, and, and feeds our souls. And so if you're just like, no, I have to be, you know, I have to have work ethic and just be in front of my canvas or my computer or I need to be on stage and you're just like, just holding yourself to this idea of like something that you need to be and forgetting about what, you know, partly makes you, you, which is your place in the world and who loves Uh you. And, you know, uh, the fact that you need food and water to, (laughs) to survive and air and all these different things. And so you're totally right. No, I feel the exact same way. I think, unfortunately for me, most of my writing is done in the shower, which is why my water bills are always so, (laughs) Uh, so so expensive because I'll just stand there thinking your pa- about stuff. your paper is always wet. <laughs> yeah, no, I fixed that because I got uh, I got the waterproof shower notes. Oh, uh, there you go. So, um, but yeah, I mean, part of creating is resting. Part of yeah. creating is yeah. is experiencing other people's stuff and forming your own opinion. You're like, I watched this movie, I didn't like it, but how would I do it? Or I thought this interesting painting, you know, I like the perspective. Maybe I could do that. You know, mm-hmm. I heard this song. I had a really good beat. I kind of want to like take that beat and see where it goes. Or like what I'm doing right now, which is, you know, making trailers for movies that I, or shows I like, where I'm like, oh, I don't like that trailer. I'm going to make my own, you know? Yeah. There's not for really. Things, a- that, things that have already come out. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, no, I think, I think that quote's awesome. Um, like, yeah, again, letting go of how you think something has to be mm-hmm. and just doing what works for you. Because again, if every writer had to use the same program or even a computer or a notebook, if every musician had to, you know, we all have our own needs and stuff. And that again comes back down to the fact that your circumstances and who you are affects how you're going to do stuff and how much. And so... Mm-hmm. Um, Give yourself a break, man. Jeez. Yeah. And I think on that note too, a lot of times the the thing you have in your head of how it should be is a lot like something else (laughs) that already exists. And you're like, ah, but it's not like that. 
that might be a good thing. If it's not, that might mean that, oh, it's fully you. Unless, you know, the thing that bothers you is that it's too much like something else. <laughs> that's I feel like that's not as often the case as just like, ah, I wish it was more like this thing that mm-hmm. I like. And it's like, oh, well, that might not be good because then it would be, people would be like, oh, that's like that thing that you like. Um, and which is not nearly as exciting as, wow, I've never seen that before. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we get it. Yeah, we we get it. We get it, man. Everyone says we get it. Uh, yeah. And and I've let go of, um, you know. <laughs> the idea that I might not get it. The idea that I might not get it because I do get I it. I do. <laughs> <laughs> um. The only other thing that I guess is maybe worth touching on, I don't really, I have no thoughts planned on this. So we'll, we'll, it could be a minute. It could maybe lead to more if you have interesting things to say. But I think one of the hardest things to let go is of what other people think. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think our, our fear, or maybe, you know, my fear specifically of quality and, and that perfectionistic attitude stems from, a fear of people not liking your stuff. Um, and so again, I don't know if I really have much to say about that besides objectively, yeah, it's it's good to let go <laughs> of what people think. And I think that, you know, has been proven time and time again by the fact that find your, you know, what's your most favorite movie? What's your most favorite song? Go look mm-hmm. at reviews for it. Mm-hmm. Even if it's overwhelmingly positive, there will be one that's bad. And you will be tempted, slash you probably will, immediately go, what? That's crazy. Why are they not like it? Or what they're saying is is wrong. And maybe it, maybe that's true. But nonetheless, something that in your mind you have on this pedestal as being the greatest thing ever, someone else did not enjoy. And would you want the person who made that thing to not make that thing again mm. or something similar because one person said that thing about it because you know you would go no that's crazy that thing's awesome yeah, yeah. but someone thought it wasn't and so for yourself if if people don't like your stuff are you going to you know deprive us of your amazing work just because some random person didn't like it and it doesn't even always have to be a mean not liking you know there's yeah there's people being trolls on the internet and then there's just taste and yeah so Again, easier said than done. I recognize that. It's hard not to, um, you know, care what people think. But I just, we're, we're incapable of ever fully aligning with other people. And that's good, really, because it would make the world boring, you know. All the hipsters would have a mass suicide because they wouldn't be able <laughs> to disagree with anyone they would just be like oh yes i also like that popular thing (laughs) fringes inside you know it's like part of what makes the things that we love special is the fact that other people don't so well and it's it's funny because that made me have two thoughts one is i always get a little bit bummed out when uh usually with music when an artist i really like starts to become popular (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it's like, dang it, it's not my thing anymore. It's yeah, good for them. I want them to have success, but also, yeah, <laughs> I, I like them being a little unknown. Um, but also, the uh, if you go to any video on YouTube of your favorite songs and look at the number of dislikes, oh, yeah, it's gonna be like there are like 3,000 people that dislike the song that is universally loved. Yeah, now that might be their genuine opinion. 
They might also just be trolls. Yeah. But can you imagine if that artist had shown 3,000 people that song and those were the people they showed it to? And it took 3,000 people to be like, ah, this is not good. Um, You know, that's a lot of people. But also there are 2 million people who like the song alongside that. And obviously you can't please everyone. Um, And like you said, like what if they had just even had 50 people say, this is garbage, you really shouldn't have made this and had listened to those people and done that, then you wouldn't have that thing. I mean, even if you go to like, like random, like classical symphonies, like that are just masterpieces that like you can't really have a negative opinion about. Like that's such a weird thing to me to think about because it's so like... Beethoven's trash. Yeah, like it's just like so, so bizarre to me. Like I understand like, oh, I wouldn't ever listen to this. Yeah. But to go to one of those and like either immediately dislike it or sit through it and be like, no. <laughs> just <laughs> not like this today. is not you you should not have likes on this video. I'm gonna counter this by saying I do not like this. Um and maybe that's just people misusing the button and maybe that's just, or they're using it properly and I just don't understand them. But um, again, all that to say, like, yeah, you're going to have different opinions from other people. Um, and that's going to be the same for for your own work, especially with a much smaller sample size. Yes. Um, that, that ratio is going to be a lot bigger. Maybe half the people you end up showing it to um, don't like it and you've only shown it to 20 people. So you're like, oh, that's pretty disheartening. <laughs> 10 people said this is not good. Yeah. But you just don't know. As long as you're happy with it and you're proud of it, that that's the main thing that matters. Yes. And again, like to take the idea even further, it's like for every actor that you love and mm-hmm. uh, movie you love or song or band or whatever, it's like for the actors, you know, that actor got told however many times that they are ugly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they were told that they don't have, they don't have it. You yeah. Know, for the bands, they played whatever many gigs or went to whatever many managers or producers and they were like, no, we don't like your stuff. For books, you know, there were uh, publishers who were like, this isn't what we're looking for. Mm-hmm. Or to be even more mean, this isn't good. Or like whatever. It's like, even again, like you're saying, the things that, not that, uh, you know, actors and movies aren't necessarily on the same, like, you know, scale of like classical music being just objectively good. But like, again, all the things that we hold up on this pedestal, even those things were criticized so much. You know, it's always funny hearing that from, from, you know, actors, you know, that you think are beautiful. You're just like, oh, wow, fill in the blank. She's gorgeous. But it's like, that person had however many people say you're too skinny or you're too fat or your hair's whatever. And again, it's just like, if we just straight up listen to every other person, uh, we would be, we'd be miserable. And there's, there's just an overwhelming number of stories where an artist just had a, a, a large number of people just go, no, 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 no. And thankfully, there's a lot of success stories where finally they were able to find their people. But there's, again, there's people like Van Gogh who in his yeah. time was not liked. Uh-huh. Um, and that's really sad to me, the idea of us, uh, you know, kind of 
neutering ourselves based on what other people think. Because again, what does that even mean? What does their opinion on your thing even mean? And I'm not talking like, you know, good, just like, I'm not talking grammar for writing. I'm not talking like, oh, like, (laughs) <laughs> you're you have way much you have too much feedback in your recording so it doesn't sound good i'm just talking like actual taste it's like who knows why people like the things that they like so again it's hard to let go of but just keep that in mind like try to remind yourself because i do that too where it's like if you get it doesn't matter the consistency or the amount of people who don't jive with your stuff like yeah. sure maybe there's something that you can take away with that i'm not saying you can't improve or you know learn from that but it just, it really doesn't mean anything. So again, if you can just let go of the idea of your stuff being liked, I think that opens you up to like really play and experiment, especially because you get to feel part of the club. You're like, oh, there's people giving Beethoven a thumbs down on YouTube. <laughs> My thing also got a thumbs down, but I guess yeah. that means we're doing something. So, And it means you're just as good as Beethoven. <laughs> That's exactly what it means. And you heard it from the Humming Fools podcast. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because like, it's the, I think all of that is especially true if your thing hasn't even come out yet and people already have opinions about it. Yeah. I mean, uh, there was an actor who everyone he spoke to said, oh, you should not do this movie. It'll ruin your career. It'll never work again in Hollywood. And then Christian Bale did American Psycho and then Uh went on to have a super successful career in film because of that movie that launched his career. Or there was a movie director who read some books and he was like, this needs to be a movie. No one else wants to make it. But also need to make it needs to be a trilogy, and I need to make them back to back. That's how it's got to be done. This is my vision, and all the studios were like, "You are an insane person. We are going to go bankrupt if we do this. We're never going to do your movies." And then one studio that was actually smaller was like, "Eh, "All right, let's do it." And then Peter Jackson made Lord of the Rings Mm. and uh, became wildly successful, obviously. And so it's like, yeah, like have a little belief in yourself. Also, don't take criticism to heart, especially if people are making assumptions based on what they think your thing is going to be like. Um, Once it's out and people don't like it, again, like that's fine and you can still be proud of it. But I think it's especially silly when people are criticizing something that they don't understand or don't can't see the same vision as you at the stage that it's at. Um, Yeah, agreed. And I think the marketability thing too is like something I forgot to to bring up, but that honestly was one of the biggest things that I let go of because, you know, my life's been pretty busy and you and I do a lot of different stuff. And I think the thing that we consistently talked about was just like how it's hard to, it's hard enough making this stuff. It's hard to market it and like do all the like analytics and mm. figure out the correct posting schedule, especially when just our schedules are hard. It's, you know, we can't always do stuff when we want to. And I think that was something that was making me miserable. And I was like watching videos. I'm like, what's the best time to post a YouTube video? Or like, how often do I have to post a YouTube video? And it just was making the whole process not fun. You know, same with the podcast, just like worrying about the amount of downloads. And again, I think that this is really a context thing. Because if I was doing this full time and able to, it's like it'd be valid to like kind of have a business-like approach to an analytical approach to how you do stuff. Um, There's nothing wrong with, again, being 
uh, having a somewhat practical or, you know, uh, just strategic approach. But mm. um, again, th- that stuff can make you miserable, especially like you said, if you have other people telling you, oh, you start, you're making YouTube videos. Well, this is what you have to do. Yeah. Or, and it's just like, no, like just make the thing that you want to make. And so for me, that was a big relief because again, there's always this imaginary audience. There's always these imaginary people that, whose opinion I value, but they're really just the negative voice in my head. And it's like, oh, you've only posted one night shift in fill in the blank months. Like mm. that's not strategic. And that's why no one cares. And you're like, you know what? Maybe that's valid. But also, again, my circumstances right now are that I'm very busy, very tired, <laughs> and it's supposed to be fun. And so, yeah. again, uh, different different time in the future, maybe things will look differently. But I, you know, I haven't really let go of the perfectionist stuff, obviously, working on that. But this is actually something that I have let go of where I'm like, you know what? I'm going to make stuff when I want to make it. And again, I should be editing a night shift this weekend, but I was like, no, I think I kind of want to move, work on a movie trailer. <laughs> mm. And it's been, it's been great. And I don't feel bad for that. Um, and so, yeah, just, just your thought about the markability. It's like, oh yeah. When you have people saying, oh, your story is good, but you should add in fill in the blank because that sells better. It's like, ugh. again, is there something to being strategic? Yes. But I found all the stuff that I'm into is like less popular and kind of niche. And I don't yeah. want it to be that way. I, but it's like fantasy horror. You know, I kind of was like, why is no one interested in this stuff? And it's like, yeah. it's really nerdy and it's not as popular as other stuff. And that's something I'm having to let go of that, <laughs> that I can't, because again, I shouldn't start I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to try to write mouse. I'm going to write a very, you know, uh, serious drama that's going to be like a Pulitzer Prize winner. That's what I'm going to go after. Um, it's like, no. And I remember, yeah. honestly, I, so I think about this all the time. I went to a writing workshop. I think I said this before, but the guy who I got paired up with, my partner, not like a like a teacher or whatever, he was, I was like, well, what are you interested in writing? He's like, oh, I want to write the, the, um, the books that they sell in airports. And I was like, <laughs> what does that mean? And he was like, you know, like, they're not like super famous or whatever, but they make a ton of money. Like they, they just like have an interesting cover and you can just read it and it's kind of trash, but it like, it, it, you know, like kind of entertains you. Uh, and again, his emphasis was on the money. And, and again, the marketability, he just was like, this thing can just have like a, maybe a detective or it's like a spy thriller, maybe like a sexy girl on it or something. And then you just kind of like read it and then you like forget about it. And in my mind, I was just like, if that's what he wants to write because it's fun for him, awesome. But like if he's just as a writer choosing to write quote unquote airport airport books because he thinks that that will make him lots of money and that's what people want. I just was like, that's kind of sad. Like, because again, you shouldn't be trying to just do stuff to make money. Um, or again, the marketability, it should be what you're interested in because- I just- in- uh- Oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I just like the idea of someone getting into writing because of the money. <laughs> yeah. Which again is is a, a less common commodity. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so it's like, so take any of the like best directors ever and give them a, a script that they are not interested in, but is quote unquote very marketable. And see how good it is. Like, if you mm. give gave Christopher Nolan or Martin Scorsese something that, like, studios or, like, people said was really good, 
they you know, the product's probably going to be not good because they're yeah. not they're not into it. They don't yeah. care. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to care about what you're doing. And so if you're just doing things because you think it's going to appeal to other people, I just feel like it's going to be poopy. And so again, letting go of that idea of if I enter this medium, if I start this craft, it has to look like how other people are doing it. And especially like you said, no, when people say stuff to you, you have to do what those people are saying. So, mm. <sighs> well, I'm feeling like letting go of this episode. Noah, yeah. you got anything um, else to say? <laughs> I let go a long time ago, if I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> I let go as soon as you said, hi, uh, welcome, welcome to, to Humming Fools. <laughs> Uh, well, nice. Um, well, thank you uh, for joining me as always, Noah. It's always a pleasure um, chatting with you. Again, these kind of conversations are fun. Like, yeah, it's the kind of stuff that we're interested in anyway. And like always, I kind of always come in going, I'm not quite sure where this is going to go. I'm not kind of <laughs> not sure what I'm going to feel or what I'm going to think. And then at the end, we both have our opinions. And I'm like, oh, wow, I'm glad we talked about that. I yeah. found it interesting. So hopefully... <laughs> Um, you guys did as well. And again, just be thinking about how this applies to your life, mainly because I'm just curious. I'd love to hear um, if people have had similar uh, situations, similar circumstances, how you got through it, or if you're still, you know, going through it. So please let us know um, if there's stuff you agree with, disagree, throw it our way. We might let it go. We might not. Who knows? Um, But (laughs) As always, too, I uh, just want to remind people, Noah and I make comics together. You can look at all our stuff on ominous.media and our Instagrams. All that stuff is in the show notes. And we do stuff on YouTube as well. Uh, we have, again, we're be straight up honest, kind of inconsistent, kind of slow, but there is a lot of stuff there if you haven't seen everything or anything. There is a backlog and um, we are going to keep doing it. Again, we're just doing it at a pace that matches up with our lives and mental health at the moment. So deal with it. Um, (laughs) And I think that's it. Uh, Anything I'm missing, Noah? Nope. Cool. Well, uh, as always, Last time I'll say that, I promise, in this episode. Keep on humming and keep on fooling. That was a kiss. <laughs> to you specifically, Noah. Oh, I didn't, I didn't get, sorry. I don't have good reception. <laughs> <laughs> do you, do you, do you, did you at least feel it on your cheek? <laughs> nope. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, was, I was under a tunnel. <laughs>